and we are live. I am Justin, also known as the DIY Audio Guy, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Nick from Toys DIY Audio. Nick, tell us something good. Um, rainbows are beautiful, <laughs> or not, depending on oh. your opinion on rainbows. So, no, unless you just hate color, I guess. If you think black is the only, then space is beautiful, which I think space is beautiful too. So. Scary. Did, uh, did you get some snow in your part of the world? Yes. Yes. We got like six inches and then it was gone the next day. That is your, your typical kind of Tennessee snow. Right? It was, it was 60 degrees earlier in the day. And yeah. then um, out of nowhere, the snow came in and I woke up in the morning and the snow on the ground. And by the middle of the day, it was gone. It was, it was crazy. Yep. I was like, okay, but you know what? It worked out good. I, I was glad. Both of my kids did not want to go out in the snow that day, which was excellent. So I didn't have to go out there. I like, nah, it's too cold. And I'm like, you're right. It's yeah, I, it was, it was cold. <laughs> you guys are right. It was cold. Well, all right. Well, today's topic, uh, the topic for the show, and I think we've done one like this before earlier on, back before uh, before Rob abandoned us, is uh, I want to talk about speaker projects that we've built and how we've done our finishing, all right? Uh, you know, finishing, right? It has a special meaning in the world of woodworking. That means putting a finish on a thing, uh, which is the last thing you do to stop and make it look nice. And the reason why I wanted to, um, to, to do this is because I ran across a new thing the other day and I thought I want to try this and see how it works. Do you want to know what the uh, new thing I stumbled across was? Yes. Um, this right here sanding sealer oh yeah i've used that yeah you've used that have you yeah. used it to seal mdf no i know you can use that I, i'll tell you what my favorite thing to seal mdf is after you tell me yours so well i i experimented with it and this is something usually i let my patrons see pictures before anyone else does but um, this is the topic i've got a uh, some speakers uh, a kit from uh, parts express that's been just sitting around for a couple of months i've been meaning to get around to it and i assembled the kit and i started to work with it and i just sprayed um i just basically covered it with sanding sealer and what i'm told happens is this sanding sealer is supposed to seal mdf and then you can paint on top of it. And I don't know how y'all, how well y'all can see in the picture, but I don't think it did a perfect job. This is after two coats of paint. And let's see if you can see on any of these pictures kind of how that looks. Um, and so that's what I did. I used sanding sealer on it and it needs a few more coats of paint and maybe some sanding because it got a little runny at one point. Um, uh, and some more sanding on that. That areas that on the, the edge grain, the edge grain looks yeah. like it could be, you know, maybe done down with to 220 or something. And one thing I wanted to ask specifically, what have you used besides sanding sealant? I know you have a whole video on how to paint MDF, how to seal MDF. What did you use in that video and what did you like? So I've used a bunch of different things. The first one, I'm going to show you an example of what I really like to do. Now, I use this with hardwood and I actually use it with MDF as well. Go back a picture real quick. All righty. Um, one more picture. This one. Yeah. yeah. So you see kind of like where your garage door is up in the top right hand corner of that box. The box itself. Yeah. You see the top right hand corner. Yep. Back there. See how there's that line there? The or, the um, the um, the gap. The gap. Yeah. It's not really a gap. It's a seam. It is. It is a seam. And oh, yeah. Right there. You can really see the yeah. seam. You can really see the seam there. And so 
I've been trying really hard to figure out what's the best way to fill that seam. And uh, let me see. Let me pull up a picture of something. This works on both hardwood, by the way, and MDF. And I use this also on the newest uh, build that I'm doing on MDF. It's very good. Let me pull it up right here. I didn't. Here, I'll put the picture back on the screen while I'm waiting on you to get that up. So uh, so for those of you who are listening on the podcast afterwards, I've got some blue speaker boxes up on screen that I've spray painted blue. And for the spray paint, while Nick's digging that up, I used uh, this Krylon Color Max for that. And I've used it before, and I've found that I like the, the result. It's a paint and primer in one. And it's a glossy and shiny, and I've used it as, as accent on some speakers in the past. So Nick's is ready to go. So we'll add that to the stream. Oh, wow. So this is a CSS Audio sub that I built on the channel. If you haven't seen that video, it's a pretty good video. Love this subwoofer. But this is actually multiple pieces of wood together, and it looks like it's one piece. Uh, and the way that I have come to so do you, this, you edge jointed those pieces. I not exactly. So here's what I did. Uh, you, you obviously, well, yes, I did edge joint them, but it's just glued together. I didn't, I didn't use any Craig jigs or anything. I just used a, a large, you know, clamp, a couple large clamps, glued them together, made sure they were flat while this is gluing together. What you want to do is put some glue on that area where all of your seams are some wood mm -hmm. glue spread it in there, spread it a little thicker than obviously the edges and let it start to dry. And as it's drying, when it starts to get like a little tacky and you can touch it with tacky, you put a piece of sandpaper on there, you know, like 120 grit and you start sanding it. And what it'll do is it'll take all those fibers that are near it and fill in all those gaps. So the wood ends up staying the same color because all the wood that you're sanding off goes directly in that gap. So it looks like it's just part of the wood. And it also works with MDF, although MDF, all it does is just fill the void. It looks like MDF still, but it kind of fills that void. And um, I've had great results since I've started doing that. And for me, for getting those edges down, that's the way I do. The only thing to think about is you will ruin that piece of uh, sandpaper. That sandpaper will be done because it'll clump up on there. I don't care. Um, that's why I, I link to- I go through sandpaper, sandpaper like- paper so every time i use sandpaper it seems uh, after a few minutes of sanding it's toast right i know there's you, can, mm -hmm. you know, there's things you can put on to clean it off but you start start sanding paint it's 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 toast immediately so you're just basically using the the glue to your advantage just using the wood glue to feel the seam and but if, have well, you, you, it's you not the wood glue. like um it's it's not really the wood glue that's filling the seam it's actually the sand you know whatever you're sanding off so it's the wood color that's actually filling it it's the wood it's the sand is just the glue is just keeping it there in place. Gotcha. So that's the reason why you can't really see where these pieces of wood have glued glued together. And for me, that's that's the best way to do it. What kind of wood glue do you like to use? Type bond two, type two, which I, I link to it and I buy it by the gallon. Yeah. I, okay, so I um I usually use Type Bond too. I usually buy it by the gallon. Uh, but I, every now and then, like my my mother in law for Christmas will put some glue in a in a Christmas stocking for me. It's always whatever's available at Walmart, which is usually the the Gorilla Glue wood glue. And what I find is I like that actually better because it doesn't seem to stain the wood as bad. Type Bond too will will really put a yellow almost stain on it. If you get sloppy with your glue up, you've got a heck of a mess. And I've never been able to get around that. I've never had an issue with that. I think most of the time it just comes down to not sanding it enough because it, it'll end up. So here's here's the best way to do that, first of all, I think, is when it's done and clumped up, you don't have to wipe anything off. Most people like start wiping it off in the middle. Mm -hmm. 
unless you're sanding it, like I just said, then you'll do it. But otherwise, just take a chisel at the end and just scrape it off because it'll get big chunks on there and it'll just come right off. Okay, I'll try that in the future. <laughs> I've got I've got to do a better job on my glue up. So you know what? I've learned this from a lot of this. I learned from my um, cousin, who's actually a professional woodworker. She does beautiful furniture, and so some of this is is nice to have learned from her. She's given me a lot of tips, which is great. Nice to uh, nice to know somebody that uh, knows how to do something. So that's that's always important. All right. Where are we at now? Um, do you have another project you want to show off and talk about how you finished it? Because I've got a whole pile of pictures that I can go to at any time. Well, one of the things I want to talk about is a lot of people want this gloss type finish that's on here. Yeah. On this sub. And I have it actually on a couple builds. I'll, I'll show you. But this is epoxy. And epoxy is one of my favorite things to to finish uh, if, if you're willing to put you know some effort into it. It will give you that glossy, shiny look just like this. Uh, and then not only that, and it's a two-part epoxy, the total boat's a good one. The one that I linked in there is the one that I use the most, but you can also use mica powder and mica powder allows you to give it a different color. So by itself, it's clear, mm -hmm. but with mica powder, like so all this, it. yep, exactly. And this is epoxy right here, but all these blue things are epoxy with LEDs behind it. And that's just blue mica powder. So gotcha. you can- and you have all kinds of options like you can do you yeah know, i like that yeah that's the dinos with the blue epoxy going right down the middle of the front that's half. nice that's real nice i like that um when you do the epoxy you said you use total boat do you ever use um liquid glass so i said um i i've never used liquid glass i said total boat is a good one i use um i can't even remember the name of the brand i'd have to look at what it is on the on the thing um i always just keep it in my amazon you know i, I just look at my past orders what did i order what did you order last time it so, worked keep it worked keep ordering it yeah exactly it keep it kept work so for me though I, I epoxy can be forgiving as long as you mix it right and get mm -hmm. yourself a good spreader and you got you know you can do some really cool things with epoxy you'll get that nice bar top look and it looks like the company that I use is uh, Pro Marine. So, Pro Marine. Pro Marine. Yeah. All right. Do you do epoxy at all? I've never worked with epoxy. I mean, I've, I, um, you know, that's not entirely true. Uh, I have used like five minute epoxy, but that's a different, a different thing. And um, I'll give you an example right here. I grabbed some pictures of this. This is uh, uh, add to stream. There we go. This is the my home theater build. Uh, you know, this was uh, featured on the channel. I, I built it about this time last year, and I know we talked about it before on the live stream. But I used five minute epoxy just to clear five minute epoxy to epoxy the ports in. So those who are watching on the live stream, it's a subwoofer with two big round arrow ports. Uh, they didn't have you know screw holes or anything, so you just had to adhere them somehow or another. Mm. And I made and first time I'd ever worked with five minute epoxy, believe it or not. Um, I, I do this stupid thing where the first time I try something, I film it and put it on YouTube, and I feel like <laughs> I look like an idiot all the time. But it, but people keep watching the videos anyway, so. <laughs> um, and I was really freaked out when I got epoxy everywhere, but after it dried, it dried clear and you couldn't tell I'd spilled anything. You can't see it in the pics. It's, um, well, and you know, that's kind of the cool thing. And, and when you're talking about five minute epoxy, you're talking about the five minute, like epoxy glue, something to mm -hmm. kind of hold it in place where what I'm talking about is a finish, um, which is 
which is a little bit different in that regards. I, I don't know. I, the thing that is cool about epoxy in general is if you get your mix right and you have a good spreader, it will spread evenly. And you know what? I actually, let me show you one other picture real quick. Let me pull it up because this to me is, is one of my favorite looks of all the speakers I built. It's the um, Dyna's boombox. Uh, I built this actually for my mom. I gave this to my mom and she's like, uh, she's super happy about it, which is nice. But you can just see on this, you see how, I don't even know what it's on. It's on some type of paper, but you can see the reflection of the paper in in the uh, in the finish. I mean, it's just a beautiful finish. Uh, you're muted, Justin. All right. Well, Justin just left and he muted us. So he can, I can't share my screen. Uh, I'm going to talk about something else, though, while we're talking about wood, because I think wood is one of the most beautiful ways that you can finish a project. That's my personal opinion. But getting wood to look good is hard. And there's a couple things that I use to help wood get. Oh, there's Justin. Hey, Justin, you want to share my screen real quick? Sure. I, sorry about that. I was getting some uh, background noise. Had to go close the door. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, this this would be one of my favorites that came out with the epoxy. And it just turned out really good. And this one I gave to my mom. What did you do on the sides of that enclosure? Just what is carpet. That? That's, oh, it's carpet. Okay. Well, it's it's not. It's it's like a it's a fabric I got from the fabric store. Okay. It's so I guess it's not carpet fabric, but you know whatever you want to call it. You you have you have a good way of adhere. how do you adhere your? Because you use carpet and, and what like epoxy or not epoxy um, vinyl, right? Um, I've used several different things uh, over the years, and um, one thing, in fact, it's in the in the picture here. I didn't think about this. I didn't realize I had it, but there is right there on the right hand side is my center channel, mm. and uh, the front of that is it's a vinyl, but it's not like the kind of vinyl you think about when you're going to um, do like upholstery work or something. It's a carbon fiber uh, vinyl veneer that's really thin, like a veneer. <laughs> Say that three times fast. It's, a I know, it's like fiber, carbon vinyl fiber, carbon fiber uh, <laughs> vinyl veneer, and it kind of has a carbon fiber look to it. And I use it on that center channel. I had a little trouble getting the corners to look nice, uh, but that's one thing that I've used too. And you can get that at Parts Express. And I've got a link to it down in the in the show notes. And that's one thing that I think is really kind of handy. I use that on two or three different projects and um, I found that I didn't enjoy working with it and still have some just laying around. And let's see if I can find another. Did you image. say you did not enjoy working with it? Because I don't know. No, it, it didn't stick well. It came with an adhesive. And even though it had its own adhesive, it still just didn't stick that well. And I had to add some spray adhesive um, yeah, to and it. I, I sometimes still never get still there's dirt or something in there and after a while and then i still see it or the seam or something i i've never had great luck with the vinyl but some people are really good at it and you can see here um you can see the carbon fiber look with this stuff that's a different that's project cool. and there's a right there's a is that the pc83 or something like that pc oh uh, yeah it is pc83 and the tweeter there is the uh the air motion transformer car tweeter Oh, using my truck right now. Yeah, I just I just oh, put some uh, speaker gasket on there and jammed it in. 
um, and uh, for that project. So for that project there, I used that little cheap Blaupuck head unit that I saw on Wilson Audio Labs channel. Yes. And um, and what I did for the crossover is I just put the tweeters on the front and the little PC83s on the rear. And now you've got a fadeable from the tweeter to the mid. And so you got extra control. And I, I took that part apart recently. I'm going to repurpose the parts for something, but, uh, but there you can see that vinyl right there. And it worked well for this. Um, and the front, I just use, um, I think for that one, I just use polyacrylic for the front of that one. Yes. Polyacrylic is one that we both love. So there's a difference between polyurethane and polyacrylic. You use polyurethane typically on top of any oil-based finish. Um, and I'll tell you what my favorite polyurethane is, but polyacrylic you use on anything that is uh, white or something you want to keep white because it doesn't yellow over time. Polyurethane will yellow. It's also a water-based, so it's usually best to go over um, a water-based product as well. So I have a subwoofer here that I used it on, if I can All find right, can it. Um, while you're pulling that up, I want to show the, back to this picture right here. I didn't oh, mean to yeah. highlight this one the entire time. Uh, that big subwoofer was all the polycrylic, the water-based uh, polycrylic. And so it's just, you know, um, what is it? Birch, uh, birch veneered plywood from Home Depot with polycrylic on it. And I put some edge banding around the edge and that turned out nice. I like it. And I will tell you, I've used a bunch of different polycrylics and that Minwax is my favorite, just like you use. That's the only one I've tried. Let's see what you've got here. Oh, man. Is that the Voxel? It's it's a Voxel sub. It was a custom one I built for one of my patrons. Um, and this has a piece of cherry down the middle I, I put in there. But I used white paint. And I wanted to seal it so that it wouldn't get scratched up being moved, especially since I was shipping it. And so I used that polyacrylic on it. And that's great. And, yeah, that was powered. You can see I put a little, you know, potentiometers on there and yeah. power box. What did he say? Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> I just I thought it was a big, long, funny comment there. Do a box build all the finishing on the inside of the box and bracing on the outside. Flexigas window <laughs> to show off the inside. There'll be some YouTube evergreen content right there. For sure. So I want to talk about wood because I think wood is really hard to finish, but I think it's beautiful when it's done right. Yeah. And so one of the things I want to talk about or show is something that I don't have on me. I have a bunch in my shed. So unfortunately, I'm just going to end up just showing a picture of an Amazon page. But I absolutely would encourage anyone to go out and buy. And I will say that it's it's a little bit more expensive than some things that you use, but it's one of those things that you'll use. You don't use a lot of. And so that's this. This is a Timbermate wood filler. Hmm. And this is a wood based. I'm sorry, a water based product. And it's non shrinking. And so here's how I use this product. You can get all different colors, by the way. So you can get this is natural. So you can tint this if you want to. They sell it in like beach and birch. And I got some pictures here where I'm going to show you in a minute, but one of the great things about using epoxy is it fills in all of your, your, you know, minor holes, right. That you have. So your wood has pores in it, mm -hmm. uh, especially things like Oak. They have a lot of pores. Uh, Sapili has a lot of pores. There, there's some like maple that doesn't really have any pores, but there's a lot that, that do have a lot of pores in them. What you do is you take this 
you stick it in like a cup of some kind, like a plastic solo cup, and you add the water until you get the consistency that you want. You just keep adding water. And then you take a um, any type of brush you want. I usually just use like a, one of those foam brushes. And you, you brush it on the entire thing. And then you sand it once it dries. And it dries within five minutes. It dries fast. You can sand it down. You might have to do that a couple times. But you'll get a very flat finish. It'll fill all of those holes. And so when you're finished with it, you'll get something like that. Oh, you know what? I'm sharing the wrong screen. Well, so you'll get something like this. And guys, I apologize. This the is all the screen on sharing is complicated because you're talking and trying to share at the same time. And before you know it, you've clicked on the wrong thing. It's all on me, though. Here you go, Justin. This is a screen share. So if you take a look at this, you don't see any pores in this. And that's because I, I filled it with that first. You also don't see the product. It, it blends in. If you use the right color, it's going to blend it. Now, if you want to use a different color to kind of accent, you can do that as well. But look how solid and flat the finish is on the uh, wood. And then take a look at how not solid and flat the paint finish is, right? This gives you so a glass-like finish after. So you'll sand it down, then you'll finish it with like polyurethane. For me, it's that general finishes. I linked that in there. Me and Justin were talking about that before. Use Armor Seal. If you've never used it, it is the best finish period just go buy it you're not going to find it at home depot or lowe's it's too good for that you might find it at a woodworking shop if you have one in you i've seen it at the woodcraft store um in the town the, the town i live in doesn't have a woodcraft store i have to go <laughs> to a nicer town to go to a woodcraft store <laughs> it's a 45 minute drive past mansions and stuff to get to a woodcraft store <laughs> yeah I, I i have one that's also like 40 minutes away i i just but you know what it lasts for a long time you can put it on with a foam brush or even a a cloth like a an old rag so but yeah I, i'll tell you that's the way to get a flat finish on your wood like if you're if you're tired of seeing you know the the pores in the wood put that on there sand it off work with it a couple times and you will love that and that little bottle that costs a lot for timbermate will last you the entire year unless you're doing like a million projects and you just put it over the top and sand you said yeah so basically you'll dilute it to whatever consistency you want right so this isn't something you paint over. This is something you only like stain, dye, whatever over. Okay. And then you put it over the, you, you just mix it on in, in with water until it gets whatever consistency you want. You fill in all your pores and it'll have, you know, whatever color that is, it'll have like a slight like haze over it, whatever that mm -hmm. color is. So you're going to sand that off and you'll see it'll end up becoming super flat. You can finish it. It's it's by far, and you'll do this before you add any stain, before you add any dye, before you do anything. It's it's a great way to finish one. I've got to throw a comment up real quick here. It looks like a regular guy audio. The COVID has made it to his house. Sorry to hear that, oh, man. Um, I think that Nick and I have both had it at this point, and hopefully it'll be a mild case, and y'all will uh, not have to have too much downtime. Absolutely. No, we'll, we are definitely you are definitely in our thoughts and prayers, man. Yeah, that's not fun at all. Um, so, so Mullen Performance Audio said it's a pre-stain, and no, it's not. It's it's a wood filler. It, it fills in the pores. That's all it does. So, it's one of the items I'd grabbed was pre-stain conditioner, since he mentioned that. So, nice segue there, uh, Mullen Performance Audio. Thank you, sir. Um, so, the pre-stain conditioner is different than that. That's a wood filler. So, uh, V13 asked if I said armor finish, and I didn't. I said arm R finish, like the the letter R. it's in the 
the channel description though down in the it, show notes yeah whatever you call it the description of the video so yeah I'll, I'll see if i can get a link up there but keep going do you can like you, that pre-stain uh okay so i uh, i've only used it a couple of times because i don't stain a lot because i feel like every time i stain it looks terrible <laughs> um but what i have noticed is that when i'd use the pre-stain conditioner the stain works a little bit better so I'm, I, I like the pre-stain conditioner. And the cool thing is you can buy like the little bitty can or something like that. You're not out too much money and you can decide if you like it or not. Uh, but I, I find that I get away from staining because I like other products better. Uh, for example, I like using this one right here. Oh yeah. Uh, Minwax poly shades. And so it's a, it's a, it's supposed to be like a stain and a poly all in one. And that's easy to use. You um, after you apply it, you uh, rub it down with um, very fine steel wool when it's dry. And again, the same picture keeps popping up. I didn't mean for this to be my main object lesson for the night, but the center channel speaker, the Tritrix center channel, there is is finished with this this stuff right here. Um, dang my my mids and my my main tower speaker is finished with the same thing as are the rear surrounds but for some reason this one right here on the screen is a darker caramel color when it came from the same damn can so i'm not sure what's up with that but uh uh there you go so let me tell you about mine then you're talking about stain i'm going to talk about a dye so a stain and dye are, are similar a dye usually works better when you're doing uh, when you're doing something that is like harder to stain, like a maple or something like this. This is this African mahogany again. Oh, so this this is that same. So you remember that that picture I just had up with the black, and then mm -hmm. that's the same wood. The only difference is I used a dye on this, and I used once again. I, I put the description in there, or I'm sorry, I put a link to what I used in the description of the video, but this is also general finishes and it's like four parts brown, three parts orange or something of that nature. So it's a mix of two different colors and you can see how it changes within the highlights of the wood and it really brings out that grain a lot. And this is one of the reasons why I like Armour finish, like general finishes in general, I should say general finishes in general because they're very easy to use. They go on really nice and they get hard as a rock when you're done at least the the finish part so the polyurethane part it's the only polyurethane i use now i don't use any other polyurethane i will only use general finishes and this so this has the dye on it and then it has the general finishes um polyurethane on top so i think i'm gonna have to break down and take a little road trip over to the, the nearby town and hit the <laughs> uh hit the woodcraft store and just load up on the stuff i noticed that the general finish is, is available on amazon so uh, that works out well yeah well yeah i mean you can that's the thing is like most of the stuff you can buy online i not everyone has a woodcraft near them i don't i don't have a woodcraft near me i have i do have a local wood store that does sell this stuff but you know, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of using that type of dye if you're trying to get wood grain out of it. And really, dye is one of the only things you can do to, like, maple because it's so hard. It doesn't really take a stain. Really? Yeah, it's very hard. Unless you use um, a gel stain. A gel stain is one of those things. And once again, I'm going to go back to general finishes. Gosh, I know I... I While I, you're I, pulling that up, I saw a comment... 
uh, from RGA um, about uh, about uh, over on the Mullins Performance Audio Channel. Uh, I think that uh, Mr. Mullins called that a, a happy accident where he had used a stain, and I think that was a gel stain. Uh, Mullen, are you there? Can you tell confirm that that was a gel stain? That was the purple enclosure that looks so good. Oh, you know. So is it, you're, you're talking gel stains here. Which one did you use the gel stain on? Oh, I thought you were waiting for him. I'm trying. You know what? I, I well, here's here's the best picture I have of it. I, I don't have a great picture of this, but I've used this gel stain on a lot of things. But it, and the thing about gel stain is it's this easy. You wipe it on, and then you wipe it off, and you're done. So this is birch veneer, just like what you used on yours with the wrap. The only difference the, is the I, edge I, banding. Yep. Yeah, with the edge banding. The only difference is I used. Um, general finishes brown mahogany gel stain on there. And it is the best way to get a good finish. You, you, you usually don't need any type of pre-stain with it. You know, it's just gonna, as long as you sanded well, I should say that. Cause if you don't sand evenly, it's not, no stain is going to take evenly. So you gotcha. need to make sure you're, you're sanded evenly, but as long as you sand evenly, you wipe it on with one cloth, wipe it off with another. A lot goes a long way. A little goes a long ways. I should say. Wipe, so wipe on, wipe off is the way you like to use the gel stain. And I happen to have some of that edge banding with me right here because I have used it on that subwoofer that I keep showing because I wanted to try it. This was iron-on edge banding, and I was shocked at how easy it just ironed on. Um, did you, was this an iron-on as well? It was, yeah. Same same thing. It's, it's a little harder around... The curve, but I'm sure you 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 got that on the thing. But it's still it's very easy. I think anyone could do it. And then I just trimmed it off with a exacto knife. I don't know what you used. Um, I used just an exacto knife or a or a, or a razor knife. But I also after using a razor knife, I went and bought the special cutter for like five bucks or something that they use for that's made just for this. So that it, that actually that's five five or ten bucks well spent. The special cutter works great. So I've had some experience with a gel stain. Um, let me put this down real quick. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm not sure I know how to use it properly. It's this stuff right here. It's a unicorn spit. Have you ever heard of unicorn spit? No, I've never seen a unicorn actually. Uh, me neither. So um, this it's just a gel stain. And what makes it interesting is it comes in just like a, a thousand different, just completely wild colors. And um you know, you jump on YouTube and you Google unicorn spit and you'll find the people who sell it. And it seems like it's mostly craft arts and craft kind of stuff. And the way most people apply it is they'll just mix colors together with their fingers and smear it all over their project. And I'm looking at that going, well, that looks sloppy as hell. Is there a better way to a uh, better way to do that? And just like you said, with gel stain, you just wipe it on and wipe it off and it'll leave a stain there. And I stumbled across this one video. Well, one thing about a gel stain, it's oil based. And so you have to seal it with a clear coat that's oil-based or else, you know, a water-based one won't work. And uh, and they do recommend with the unicorn spit diluting it with water. Really? Oh, the... So this stuff's like, think of it as being super concentrated. Well, it just seems like it would be water-based if it was, if they actually I'm, diluted it with water. That's what they said in their YouTube videos. I guess it is water-based. Yeah, non-toxic water-based. Yeah. So they, okay. they recommend they recommend diluting it with water so you can like cut it with water like um, two to one or something like that or a one to one ratio. Uh, and it all comes, it's all scented. So when you open it up, it smells kind of funny. <laughs> um, 
I don't know why it needs to be scented. I guess it's, I, mean, I guess their, their market is, is women who are doing arts and crafts. Um, I think it's a little pricey for what you get. I think the general finishes gel stains, a better product and you can get some really cool colors in that. So I don't know that I recommend it, but I tried it because I wanted to give it a try. A, a viewer actually mentioned it. Or you could try the their dye as well. Yeah, I've never used Unicorn Spit. I mean, I would be interested to try it, but I think I'm, I'm kind of, I can't say stuck. It's one of those things that I'm happy with everything. I've tried general finishes, so it's one of those things. Why would I, why would I change? And that's the thing too. Like if you buy that dye, which we were talking about earlier, the dye right. from general finishes, it's water-based. So you can mix it with like your polycrylic and make a one-time finish, which okay. we can Oh, wait, were you going to say something about that? Too? You can actually mix it with polycrylic. Yes. And then you can, you know, seal it with a poly on top of that. And if you mix it with a polycrylic, you basically made your own poly shades and crazy colors. And that's what I'm working on now. Uh, and I, I tried this for a project I'm working on. Let me add this to the stream so you can see some pictures. All right. Now, I was trying to do some artistic photography. Okay. So in the foreground, we have the unfinished enclosure. In the background, you can see that dark, dark blue color of the unicorn spit. And the next picture, the background's in focus and the foreground's out of focus. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm trying to do a little better job of my photography here. I take a lot of stills whenever I do this. And so here is, um, here's the project. So what I did, and um, I mixed it with the polycrylic. And then sanded it. And the idea is to sand it until I can start to see some of the wood finish kind of pop through. So my hope is to get a little peek of, of wood grain uh, popping through and, and see kind of how that works. So this is, this is a project that, um, again, I usually show this to my patrons first, but I wanted to show pictures tonight. I'll have to mount the drivers and build the crossovers for these and eventually put them on the channel. But right here, I can, I almost got it just right. What I was looking for, you see kind of where I'm pointing with the cursor. Yeah. That's what I was shooting for, where you can just see the wood grain kind of barely peek through. I, like um, that. I, I wasn't happy with the unicorn spit because I felt like it was blotchy. I felt it just didn't seem like it was designed to go on in a consistent manner. And I, could I recommend the unicorn spit? I don't know if you want to mess around with it. Um, if you want to make something out of some weird colors and, and what they, what they show how to do online in all their videos where they show how to use unicorn spit is they'll take three or four different bottles and just run a bead down the project and then take a gloved hand and just smear it and make these kind of cool colors. Um, in cool. fact, let me, let me mute real quick. And I'll show you something else. If you want to fill in real quick, I'll grab a project. It's over here that I need to yeah. grab. Well, and someone had said, I think it was V13 that said he really liked uh, the the gel stain. And I agree. A good gel stain is amazing. It's much better. And the truth of the matter is, if all you've used like is min, min wax, regular stain, and things that you buy typically at the hardware store, you're missing out. There are much better stains out there. There's much better finished products out there. Uh, that you can get a much more even and consistent coverage with. For me, I like general finishes. That's been my go-to, but there are other ones as well. We talk a lot about the role of diminishing terms. So what, when do you buy something where the money all of a sudden is now, it's not worth buying. And I'll tell you, with a good finish, that's one thing that you can spend your money on because it is going to make your product much better and and probably a lot easier too. What were you going to say? Okay. Um, I made this just as oh. a little holder to hold my, uh, Steve Mead test devices. Oh yeah. Right. And what That's I did cool. was I used the white unicorn spit and the blue unicorn spit. And in between, I kind of 
you know, mushed them together, mushed them together exactly to kind of make a, a fade look. And I thought that looked pretty good for a quick little project that I was just like, let's try this out. You know what um, I would, you know what I'd be interested in is if you covered that with like 10 uh, coats of polycrylic or um, like a gloss polycrylic or maybe even uh, some like epoxy or something. I bet that would really make that oh, shine. Shine. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it would shine. That's what I need to figure out how to do next, how to get things to shine like that. That shine you have on your projects is something that I can't seem to figure out how to do. So what what else do you have? You have a bunch of good what, – what else do you have? I've been talking a lot. I want to see some other I, ideas that you have. I feel like I've been doing all the talking. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, I grabbed a ton of pictures, and so I always like to uh, – you know, there's always something I can share. So, so here's – oh, go ahead. Now, someone said, don't use pre-stain in front of Nick. I'm not saying don't use pre-stain. I'm just saying you shouldn't need it if you use good enough products and you've you've got it right. Pre-stain is typically used for things like pine, which you're not going to usually use a, a first beer box anyway because it resonates. You're usually using hardwood because hardwoods, the resonant frequency is, is above what would happen inside the box, be problematic. So I don't know. I, don't, I mean, a pre-stain on like pine is fine, but... Once again, I've used that general finishes gel stain on pine with no worries of having to use a pre-stain. Okay. So um, you recognize this driver, don't you? Yeah. The PS95-8. So this, yeah. This was, yeah. The, I, I think this is the Dash 4, actually. This is the 4-ohm version. Oh. Um, but where'd you go, Nick? I'm right here. I just oh, you got to... some PS95s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great driver. Great driver. Volume Performance Audio says, bring back the Flexstone. We'll have to try that at some point. I remember the Flexstone from back in the day. So this right here is a mahogany stain on veneer. I used pre-stain conditioner on this, and then I stained it. And what I should have done was come back and sealed it with some kind of clear coat afterwards because it's gotten dull over time. This right here was my very first YouTube video. And, uh, and what I was shooting for was to make the stain kind of match that copper looking face plug on the PS 95. And nice. these are still in use in my daughter's room and working just fine and looking good, uh, would, would look better if I had sealed it off though. So that's the next thing I need to upgrade is finding a way to seal over the top of a stain. What's the best way to seal over a top of a stain? Well, if it's a gel stain or I mean, sorry, if it's oil based, then armor seal <laughs> if it's water-based then a the, either a polycrylic or or either of them you can use like what we talked about earlier epoxy those are my three those are my top three finishes on top what about you i'm really i'm, I'm not sure right i'm not i'm not an expert on how to make the uh, make the finish look just right i need to get better at making those clear seals over the top so they look better uh, what do you put it on with oh i think i just used an old sock for this one <laughs> well there's nothing wrong with that I mean, I, I mainly use cloth or, you know, a foam brush works too. The only thing yep. with foam brush is you just got to make sure not to get air bubbles in it. Mm, I've noticed that with air bubbles with the foam brush. That's not, not fun at all. But uh, that's one thing that I've done. And the veneer on this was interesting. Have you worked with veneer very much, like wood veneers? You know, I really don't use much veneer. You're, you're way more advanced in that. So what do you use for veneer? So let me see if I can find a picture with some, uh, with some veneer. Give me just a second. Scroll through these. No, here we take go. Your, take your time. So this is the uh, my version of the MK Boom. Um, you remember that boom box, right? Oh, um, yeah. And so 
I actually veneered it. And so this is Bandit, I think is the brand name. I got it from Parts Express. And you just you just stick it on. Uh, there are better ways of doing it. In fact, I watched a channel the other day. Oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. You know him. He's the um, uh, the dude up in Jersey um, who uh, has Tom that. Zarbo? Really, uh, yeah, Zarbo. So Zarbo has a much better way of doing veneer. Apparently, there's a special glue that that uh, is like a heat lock glue you can put on this stuff. Um, and so what I did is I just kind of cut it to size and then stuck it on. And I think I used, what did I use? I've used several different things. I had a picture of it somewhere, but I can't find it. Um, I've used um, wood glue to stick veneers on. I've used contact cement. I've used spray adhesive. What's the stuff here? I don't, well, I don't like the Gorilla brand. I like the Loctite better, but I've used spray adhesive. I've used the Weldwood cement. Have you used 3M77? Uh, yes. Yes. I've used 3M77 as well to hold that on. Well, I haven't used it for veneer, but I used it for the, for carpet. And I like that. That, that do you like that, that you're just using that DAP stuff? Um, yes, I like this, but it's messy. Um, it's really messy. Uh, but, but it is, it does a fantastic job. It, it is a great bond. I do not like the gorilla brand spray adhesive. I don't either. It clumps up. Yeah, there's something about it's just not right. I don't, I can't put a finger on. I like the Loctite brand spray adhesive better. And I like the Super 77 better, but that's not always readily available and always more expensive. I've noticed. So, here's the deal. I, I just want to mention this since you brought him up, Tom Zarbo. Tom is getting ready to have some videos on finish work, which just happens to work out because we're talking about it today. So if you are interested in that. You're, there's going to be some pretty interesting things that he's doing. I'm not going to give it away, but he talked to me behind the scenes. So, what's his channel name? It's Zarbo, Zarbo Audio Projects. Z A R B O, Zarbo Audio Projects. So, if you guys are interested in that type of thing, I would tell you right now to just go ahead and subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notifications. Cause I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm really excited about the videos that he's got coming out. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but it's you guys so <laughs> so funny watching his videos because his level of craftsmanship makes me look like a complete and total hack. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just like, and he's got this smooth delivery and low voice. And it's like, this, this guy's like making woodworking documentaries and he's made some just amazing stuff. I completely um, agree. I, uh, he, he, he definitely was one of those small YouTubers that deserves some more, some more views. So. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd like to get him to a thousand. I don't even think he has a thousand yet, but he's, he's getting close. I'd like to get him to a thousand because there's something about I, I, a lot of people that don't do YouTube just don't realize that. But when you get to a thousand, it's like this huge accomplishment, right? You're, you're like, Oh my goodness, I have a thousand subscribers. And then it uh, doors open up for you and things. So I don't know. It, it really does. It, it really makes someone's probably entire year. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I know when I hit a thousand, I was dancing a jig for days. I was thrilled. All right. So here's what, Oh wait, are you done with veneer? First of all, let me ask you that. Uh, I'm, I'm probably yes for now. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to talk about Duratex and Exohide. I, I used Exohide for the very first time in a project it's on my forum. Well, I'm not going to open up the page, but if let me could... cut in real quick. And what I want to do is teach you how to do a segue. All right. All right. <laughs> so this right here is veneer on the front that I just used polycrylic with. And then I used uh, Duratex for the rest of it. And I was shooting for that contrast to go from, you know, a light color to a dark color. And so now you can, you can talk about Duratex. So what's your experience with Duratex, Nick? <laughs> 
Well, let me tell you, first of all, um, Exohide and Duratex are basically the same thing. Exohide is Parts Express brand. I love it. I, I used it for the first time the other day. Goes on thick, goes on easy. A little goes a very long way with Exohide or Duratex. I don't care what brand you're talking about. Exohide, the only thing is it, it only comes in black. So this, this comes out kind of like a bed liner. It's not completely flat. But because of that, it can hide a lot of... I would say uh, sins <laughs> that you have in your finish work. It's not going to hide them all. You still need to still make things look as good as you can beforehand, but it will hide a lot of them. And the Duratex I like because you can buy Duratex in white and you can use any water-based dye to change the color. So the Exohide I like because it's cheaper. And if as long as you want black, you're good to go. I, I didn't see any white Exohide. So if they have them, I haven't, either, no. I haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, I would a uh, huge fan. If this is like your first thing, you just want a bit, or if you're building something that you're moving from place to place, gives it a nice hard finish on the outside might scuff or whatever, but it's not going to damage the speaker usually. So that's a good thing. So I wanted to show this while we're talking about Duratex, if you don't mind me and, and Exohide as well. So this is a kicker comp R uh, sitting in a prefab box. I think that's the Q bomb box. So a lot of prefab enclosures these days are coming with the, um, bed liner or rhino liner like finish and so this this duratex and the exohide are a lot like that but really it looks more like that crinkle elephant skin look that you get on professional like audio equipment like you would expect for stage equipment absolutely and it's supposed to be waterproof or at least water resistant and if you get that first coat on it makes a really good seal and it's very very water resistant and i've been meaning to actually maybe make a video and, and cover a piece of MDF with it and throw it out in the rain and see what happens just to see how, how water efficient it is. Um, I've got some old um, Polk audio Marine grade subwoofers. And I might just make a sealed box and stick it out in the rain and see how long it lasts both with and without. <laughs> so here's, material. here's my thought on that. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but my thought would be you'd want to put it both on the inside and outside, especially if it's going to be ported because otherwise it will expand on the Moisture. inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it yep. will rot through, but you know, your outside will look great. <laughs> <laughs> so here I'll, I'll share this. This is the exohide and you can see this is why it was still wet and you can tell. And this stuff dries pretty fast. Oh, like 30 minutes swing applications. Oh yeah. It's, it's very fast on there, but it, it comes up with that nice little textured finish. It's nice. I like it. And this is the audience 212. So this thing's pretty cool. This is actually one of the ones I'm, finishing up right now has two 12 inch woofers and a compression driver. It's pretty awesome. So Nick, I'd like to you to respond to this comment here. Uh, V 13 audio says sometimes it's hard to get bed liner uh, <laughs> to stick to the wood. Um, I've never experienced working with bed liner. Have you ever had a problem getting the Duratex to stick to the wood? I have not. I've never, no. but I almost always use it exclusively with, with uh either mdf or plywood but i've never had an issue with that yeah i've never had an issue either it's it's, it's always adhered to the mdf or the plywood just fine um I, I honestly that is my favorite way to cover a speaker it is it is completely idiot proof if you if if you can barely hold a paintbrush like um this is the stuff you want to use you, it's the, almost impossible to mess up the only thing i would say is buy the rollers that they recommend yes so you know, other people will try. Some people spray it on and you can do that. It's water based, so you can dilute it with water and they'll tell you 
they have a big old thing about you know what not to dilute it to because once you dilute it too much then you change basically the formula of it and it doesn't work the same way for me i just roll it on it i mean it goes on so thick that really i mean after one coat you could probably be fine if you did it good enough yeah if you stick it up one coats. coat's fine yeah yeah and i bought a so listen to this. So I bought the Exohide. This is the first time using Exohide. It was for this project. I bought a gallon of this. It got shipped to me. I opened it up and there was Exohide all in the box. And I'm like, oh, oh no. So I contact parts. I didn't look inside the container, but it was open and there was Exohide all over. So because it was wet still. And I'm like, I don't want to look in. The so I contacted Parts Express. And this is this is what I love about Parts Express. Contacted Parts Express and they said, we are so sorry. We're going to get another one out to you right away. Keep the other gallon. If there's anything left in it, you can do it. So I waited for it all to dry on the outside. It was a mess. I It wasn't all completely dry. My hands were like black. I should have put some gloves on or something. But I opened it up and almost the full gallon was still in there, which was crazy. So now I ended up getting two gallons, uh, which is awesome. And I don't even know how it opened up because it has that, like, you know, that thing that you have to rip all the way around. Mm-hmm. It's a plastic no container, right? Yeah, it's a plastic container with that plastic little... Yeah. But, uh, anyway, it, it was pretty cool. I, I have no idea what I'm going to use all that for because I've got now like 837... Well, I've got two gallons, which will be like for 837 speaker projects. Okay, so um, the easiest way to cover a speaker, and now I want to go to what I think is the hardest way to cover a speaker. Ooh. What's All that? right, a, a little segue, um, and that is to use like a vinyl upholstery, and and this mm. is the thing that I've had the most trouble trying to make look good. And I made this enclosure and put the video up on my channel, and I probably just shouldn't have put the video up because it was so bad. I was trying to cut some grooves, and as you can see, my router walked a little bit. My grooves weren't straight, and this is this is a vinyl. It's um. I went to a local fabric store and bought this. This is the least forgiving material I've ever worked with in my entire life. Really? I've always wanted um, to do this. I've never done it. Um, and it was it was hard to get the corners right. And I thought that I, you know, they say things like, you know, put it out in the sun on a warm day so it's nice and pliable. I did that. It was a uh, it was a weather probably in the in the seventies and right in direct sunlight and it was nice and soft and supple and I still couldn't get it to to wrap around the corners and everything and I had a had a horrible time trying to get it down into those grooves. Uh, you need better tools for that kind of thing. Oh, we had him on the channel a few weeks ago. Uh, the guy, the the big fabricator we had on, uh, James. Uh, he's got some tools that he shows on how to use this stuff. Um, and I, I had a hard time working with it. In fact, after I built this box, I um, went and made like a beauty panel just to see if I could pull it off or not. And as you can see, oh, I did a whole lot better. My grooves were straight mm -hmm. and my corners were not as bad, but not perfect yet either. So um, and I probably wasted a week of my life trying to trying to trying to do this and never got any better than this right here. Very unforgiving material to work with. Um, maybe I'm using the wrong kind. Maybe I need to buy a high, higher quality vinyl, but no, this was gun? not fun to work. Yes. I have a heat gun. Did that help at all? Or um, I don't feel like it did. No. Uh, but you know, you know, here's the thing to remember the first time you do something, you're going to do it wrong and you'll stumble your way through it. And, and so many people try something for the first time and go, oh, I'm bad at that. And I, it's just unforgiving and hard to work with. And, you know, some practice, I got better, but um, 
it'll be a long time before I feel like I'm ready to make something like that and put it up on the channel. The, um, the notorious RVH said, "Hey Justin, that's why I use foam under it." Yes, yes. So this he uses the he used it on a, uh, in his previous build. It's the same stuff that you stand on. You like buy at Harbor Freight that stuff that you can stand on. You know. The, the anti-fatiguing foam. Material. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the uh, yeah. like your shop mat. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, some vinyl does stretch better than others, and they make an automotive four-way stretch vinyl that stretches a lot better, but it's not not handily available. I was searching for some online back when I was working on this project, and when I found a good deal on one, shipping wasn't free. And when mm. I found free shipping, the deal was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Go so figure. Expensive, right? There's you, you're 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 going to pay for it. Um, and when you consider the expense associated with it and how hard it is to work with, I just can't recommend that even anyone mess with it unless you just really want the challenge. Someone had asked earlier uh, how much you need for an average size box. I think they were talking about Exohide or Duratex, but we'll answer it for both of them. That's a quart, right? Yes. One quart would be more than enough for a pair of speakers, average size speakers. Don't you agree? Oh, plenty. More than enough. More than enough. I, um, <laughs> a four cubic foot band pass box and I had plenty left over for smaller projects. In fact, the smaller sub I just sold a few minutes ago, that was a Tame Man W6 build. Let's see if I can pull that up real quick here. I've got too many pictures, y'all. So yeah, I grabbed that, a whole bunch of pictures. And that box, while you're pulling that up, that box that I showed is 58 inches tall, 16 inches deep, and 14 inches wide. Ends up being like almost six cubic feet. Uh, I covered that whole thing in two coats and I didn't use like hardly any of the exohide. Yeah. Like a four cubic foot net enclosure. Um, and it still had plenty left in the can. And this is the same subwoofer I was showing earlier. This is the back of it. I covered the back in this material and the bottom as well. You can see this lip on the bottom. I use this material. So it's, um, it's very versatile. Oh, There's cool. a good shot of the lip right there. Um, so what, you can see the lip here. So this is, um, so the, the bottom, that lip is this stuff. Oh, that's Duratex. Oh, so the bottom of the you... enclosure and the back of the enclosure is Duratex and everything else is, uh, the polyacrylic. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I like, I had a, I had about a year on my channel where I just was real big on, on dark and go contrast, right? I want a light color and a dark color side by side. Um, and so here's the thing that I think we've come across too, while we're talking about all this. The the pro the products that have been kind of the most money, like the Timbermate, is pretty expensive for its size. At least it looks like it. Duratex looks like it's pretty expensive, or Exohide looks like it's pretty expensive for its size. Um, even like your polyurethanes, they seem like you know, like general finishes seem pretty expensive for their size. What you forget about is those products go a long ways, a lot longer than your cheaper products. Mm -hmm. Like that gel finish, uh, for um general finishes. You're not going to use like you're going to have that for like ever as long as you keep it closed well and, you know, keep the air out of it. Well, this stuff right here, you know, once you dilute it, I mean, it lasts forever. You don't you don't need a lot of it. And that's that's why I think a lot of people get afraid of like buying the more expensive finishes. But those more expensive finishes typically last so much longer than your inexpensive finishes. I know like buying a stain, for example, right, like a Minwax stain. I'm not a big fan of just Minwax stain. I'm just not. Some people will have better results for it. I, I don't like it. It usually doesn't give me the color or the depth that I like. But one Minwax coat, you're, you're usually coming back and doing a second or third or fourth coat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where general finishes, you put one coat on, you wipe it off, 
an hour later, you're ready to finish your product project, you know? And the other thing to consider too, you know, time is money. And, and even though, you know, I don't get paid to make speakers, I'm just doing this for fun and to, to, to show off and show, to show my projects to people. Um, there's something like this, like a can of this is what 40 bucks, probably uh, this Duratex. How much is a yeah. can of it, Nick? Something All like right. that. And then you, go and you buy some paint. sanding sealer or some pre-stain conditioner and then some sand and some kind of poly or to put on top of the sand to seal it, uh, or the stain to seal it. By the time you do all that, you've bought four or five products. You're making four or five passes. And I go back to why this is just the most idiot proof thing on the face of the earth. Two passes and you're done. It dries in 30 minutes. If your box is finished on Saturday, you're finished with the finishing on Sunday and you're ready to load it up and go bump, you know, and go for it. It is just crazy simple. And I would say anyone that's building like a home theater and you want like a nice durable finish, bam, Duratex, Exohide, either one of those is a good place to go. And it does not have to be white or black. Like we said earlier, take the white one, get some water-based dye, Put in there. You could probably even use that unicorn spit since it's water-based. Mm -hmm. Get whatever color you want out of it and then paint your boxes. You're done. So I'm going to pop this on the screen real quick, real quick, because I wanted to show that uh, that enclosure that I had trouble with the front. The back, I just used carpet. Mm -hmm. And this carpet right here, I got it from Sonic Electronics. Haven't seen it for sale since. It was already adhesive backed. Oh, that's it was really nice. You know, so we talk about like easy, right? Peel and stick carpet. I had a link to it in the video and I couldn't find it. Uh, it was out of stock, but none of this spray adhesive crap trying to get the carpet to stick. You peel the back and off and it sticks and it sticks every bit as well as the Gorilla Glue, but not as good as Super 77 or Loctite. So I was real happy with, with the with the adhesive backed carpet. Um, do you have any carpeted mini enclosures, Nick? Well, you know, we saw the one earlier um, and there's another one that I did carpet that I showed, but most people don't realize this carpet so i'll pull it up real quick um let me go ahead and just share that screen this was a subwoofer that i built a long time ago and it's basically a sono sub so it uses a sono tube right so one of those cardboard sono tubes and this right here is actually just fabric i found at the fabric store that i liked and just used i think 3m77 and uh, glued it on, you know, to that and then made this. The only thing I would have done differently if I did this again is I would have put like some trim work right along where the wood match meets up with the fabric just to kind of hide the fabric a little mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. cuts of the fabric. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it, it turned out really well. And this was almost more like a vinyl, like it was real tough. And I wanted that this I built for the theater room just for fun. It's just a little eight inch sub. I just wanted to do something kind of fun and also work as an end table. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the fabric, Nick. Um, the same store where I bought the the blue vinyl that I just showed you, I know, tons of different vinyls and fabrics. Uh, and they had some vinyl that looked like a, a cork board. Oh, that's cool. And you know what? That would look pretty wicked on that Sano sub right there. Yeah, you think so? Well, the other thing, though, for this is I wanted something more like a vinyl because if someone was down there and they spilled something on it. I wanted to be able to wipe it off really easy because it was a right. table, right? So if, <laughs> right. If the, base is, if the base is hitting real hard and someone, the drink falls off, I want to make sure I can clean it off. I still have this. Actually, it's sitting in my garage, uh, not being used. But <laughs> I, 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 got, I took the amplifier out because uh, I wanted to use the amplifier on something else. But All right. 
I'm going to add something to the stream here. Since we talked about carpet briefly, this is the very first enclosure I ever carpeted. Those are the holes are not the same size. That was two 12 inch passive radiators. And uh, I just used the spray adhesive for that. And oh, so that carpet's good. Carpet's pretty straightforward. The The challenge on the carpet is, is getting the edges and the seam down, right? So the seam that runs down the back and the uh, the edges here. I'm a big believer in using a router to cut a groove, uh, car audio fabrication style. So you've got a groove to press things into. That's much easier than anything else. Um, getting that seam is tricky, but what I've found is with this black carpet, you can take a little black spray paint if the seam is terrible and spray over it and kind of give it a little bit of camouflage. Uh, I feel like playing that Don't Be Suspicious song from uh, from TikTok over it when I'm doing it. So um, let, me, let me ask you a question on yeah. that. And I want to know what your idea. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll overlap it. I'm curious if this is what you do and then just cut it straight down the middle of the overlap. Like, you know, where both pieces are, where you have two pieces. That way when you overlap it and you cut it off, it should... State that was the intention, but I failed completely when I tried it in execution. So it didn't, it didn't work well is what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, I just, you know, first time, you know, the first time you do something, if you expect yeah. it to be perfect the first time you're being, uh, you're being too hard on yourself, right? Things are never perfect the first time you try it. And uh, now this one's a different one that I tried doing, um, the old trick from back in the day where you recess the ends a quarter of an inch mm. and it just wasn't as smooth of a carpet scene. Uh, again, uh, the fuzz on the corner, that's a result of letting the knife get dull. And so if you're using, um, if you're using carpet and your, you know, your exacto knife, your, you know, whatever, these little slide knife things, if your knife gets dull, swap out the blade. Don't, don't try to cut it with a dull knife. It's going to, it's going to suck when you do that. That's the main thing about the carpet, sharp knife, uh, take your time, find something to do to get those corners, right? This corner up here was perfect. And it was dull down here in the corner. It looks like crap. All right. So we've talked a lot about finishes. I want to know what is your favorite way to finish a box? Cause you've, you, we've talked about a bunch of them. I want to know what your favorite way is. I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards the Duratex just cause it's so simple. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but I get, but I'm getting bored with it. So I need to do something besides the Duratex. Uh, now the carpet uh, the carpet that I use there is uh, from Parts Express, and it's their cheaper carpet. They have two different levels of carpet they sell. And the cheaper stuff, if you hold it up, you can almost see through it. Yeah. Uh, so you also so have to paint it black before the Maybe. Box. I've never been able to see through the carpet when it was on the on the wood project itself. But they just for a few bucks more, they sell, um, they call it Duraback or something like that. It's got a stronger backing on it. Um, and so if you're going to use carpet, my advice would be to go ahead and upgrade to the slightly nicer carpet from parts express, or if you can find the stuff with the, with the sticker, uh, you know, self-adhesive on the back. So for car audio carpets, fine. Um, but still, I mean, and just, you know, if you get bored with Duratex, try different things, try different, you know, like I did with the contrast, you know, do part of it with some kind of poly shades or, or stain and part of it with the, um, with the Duratex. Um, yeah, I like that. I like Duratex. Duratex is my go-to for home theater, period. I mean, if you're doing home theater, you know, Duratex is the way to go. If, if you just want something that looks, I mean, obviously you can paint anything if you want to paint. We didn't talk about paint because you know, you can paint it if you want to. I think for me though, I, I like finishing wood a lot. I have not done a lot of wood and my favorite probably is epoxy because there's so many different things you can do with it. I just think that 
one, I think a lot of people are afraid of it because it's expensive. You know, epoxy is not cheap. Um, and and if you mess it up, man, <laughs> like you're probably making a new part. Like if you don't mix the properties right, and you have to have a heat gun. That's another thing I didn't mention. You have to have a heat gun. Some it people say, out. yeah, you could use a, a butane torch. torch. Yeah, but don't don't use a blow dryer. People try it's not hot enough. Blow dryer doesn't get hot enough. You got to use like a good paint heat gun or a butane port, and that just gets all the bubbles out. But uh, yeah, I I would say epoxy is my favorite, and it's the one I I do the least. So you know, you know, picking a favorite is hard to do, and I don't want to pick a favorite. But what I like to do is I like to combine elements, and so this is one of the best looking boxes I've ever made. Uh, this is the one I did for the uh, the, um, the MX10 subwoofer. And so what I basically did is I had a double baffle and then I cut the big recess for the woofer. And then I painted, I did the same thing for my, my kicker build, but it was just red instead of blue. And so you got this blue port and you got this blue access uh, ring around the speaker. And the mistake with this one is I should have made the outer cutout a little oversized. So more blue would peek through. And that's, that's what I really like. What I like is something like this, which is a ridiculously simple way to add a tiny little design element that just kicks the level up a notch. And you can see my crappy job cutting the carpet. Uh, so there's, I mean, it just looks good with the blue peeking out of the carpet. I like and it. that that's, you know, uh, if I had to pick one particular method and again, here's the, uh, the kicker subwoofer. And again, it's just that spray paint I showed you a few minutes ago. Same idea. Um, Make a recess. Don't carpet the entire thing right up to the edge. Try different things. And the idea is you've got this little hint of color. And the idea with this red, it was supposed to match the Comp R logo right there. And that's that's what I like, right? I like I like some kind of mixing of the two. I like some kind of contrast, some color popping out somewhere. And some small amount of that makes makes a big difference. You could do you, this with Duratex. You sound like a uh, hair dye commercial. Just a hint of color. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know anything about hair. <laughs> oh yeah. What am I saying? Hey, so, uh, someone asked, you know, what we prefer, or I think they were really asking chat what they prefer better, either, um, car bed liner or truck bed liner, I guess, or, uh, Duratex. And I know neither of us have used truck. I mean, sorry, truck bed liner, but <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, most truck bed liners designed to be sprayed out there, they might have some that, that roll on. Mm. I know, I know you can with some of them, but to me, I mean, Duratex is designed. This is what Duratex is designed for. I mean, it's exactly yeah. designed. So I would use, I would first use, if you don't need white, I would use Exohide because it's cheaper and it does the exact same thing. So I would buy Exohide first. And then if you, if you don't use, if you don't want to use Exo, then go with a white Duratex and get whatever color dye you want. So for me, that's, that was, that'd be my opinion. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of the bed liner material itself because it's kind of more gritty. It's almost like it has some sand in it for more grip and texture. Okay. Um, as you know, I, I like the Duratex. It is, it is great stuff. So RGA did say that the bed, you can buy bed liner with, with brush and roller as well, mm -hmm. um, which that's great. I mean, you can use it. I and by the, by all means, there's like no real. I'm sure chemically there's a difference. But as far as finish wise, I don't know that there's really going to be a big difference between the two. So it might be. I don't know. Like I said, we've never used bedliner, so we can't completely speak to that. We're just giving our uneducated opinions. <laughs> you know, it's just 
people trying things out and seeing what works. Um, that's, that's all we are. It's all we're doing. We're not doing anything different than anyone else in the chat or anyone listening is doing. We're just trying things out and seeing what works. Let, let me ask you, is there anything that we didn't go over that you really wanted to go over? The thing I didn't go over that I want to go over is I want to know what do you have coming up on your channel next? So you guys already saw the audience 212. That's going to be coming up soon. It's not going to be coming out right away. Uh, the first couple things that are going to be coming out, I have a bunch of things that are coming out for review. And let me show you one of the ones that I think you guys are going to be really excited about. I'm excited about. But I also want to share, I am in the process of designing and building a home theater in my house. So if you want to follow along with that, go to Toyd's DIY Audio, click on home theater. You're going to see my home theater build there. Uh, we're, I'm just getting started. I already bought some acoustically transparent screen. I'm going to build my own DIY uh, projector screen that's acoustically transparent. We're going to test the properties out of it afterwards. So what did the speaker look like before? You know, the response, what did the response look like after? How much did it attenuate that high end? And we might even mess around with moving the speaker a little back and forward and see if it makes any big difference. So that'll be going on. But the thing that will probably be coming out before that is I have a couple head units that I want to want to get out for you guys for oh, some car audio head units. Yeah. Ah, more Android units or... Uh, one's an Android based and one's a Linux based and All right. there's going to be a pretty interesting thing. Cause one of them's about like $180 or $200 and one's $500. So the question will be, is that $500 one worth it? And what do you get if you spend an extra $300 and what would I personally get? Like if it was between me, which one would I buy? Would I buy the $200? I, I hope I buy a lot for an extra 300 bucks. You can, you can buy a lot of beer with that. You can buy a lot of everything. You can buy a you can buy a used projector for that. <laughs> um, I uh, let's see. I've done a couple of ant dinos on my channel lately, and uh, just dropped a video yesterday that's kind of kind of in the same vein as a video discussing uh, the gain overlap. And this device here, the thing that it does above the basic device is it sets the gain overlap. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be mean or, or anything like that or try to detract from anyone's anyone's business. Uh, but the reality is, is that these devices right here are great, but they're for people who don't want to bother doing any math. And if you can do just the slightest bit of math, there's no reason to spend extra on one of these. Um, I call it the math tax. And that's what I talked about in the video from yesterday. And so watch that video and tell me if you think you'd rather pay the math tax or learn how to do a little bit of math. Uh, I know which one I'd rather do. Um, <laughs> um and uh, y'all saw er earlier, uh, uh, you know, uh, exclusive preview right here on the live stream of two blue boxes that I've got coming out with some mm. uh, with some kits that I've got that I'm really excited about some of those kits. Um, one of those kits, it's I'm, I'm told that it's supposed to get really low and that you don't even need a subwoofer to use that kit. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's what I'm told. Uh, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I believe it, but all right. I, you know, I think you got to have a subwoofer, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking really forward to getting those finished. Uh, there will probably be um, you know, an assembly video and a crossover assembly video for both of those because crossover assembly is something I kind of uh, 
I don't like doing sometimes. <laughs> I'd rather do math than assemble crossovers. Uh, my soldering <laughs> skills are not up to up to par yet. So there'll be separate videos. So that's probably a month worth of videos right there. And I do have an mm -hmm. amp dyno filmed that uh, I'll probably get that edited and up this week. And so I'm hoping next week to have another amp dyno. I've got I'm really, something really special. I just want to say I'm really enjoying those amp dynos. You've been doing really good with this. You know, I'm trying to do something different, right? I'm trying to mix it up um, and you know, I'll watch other people do amp dynos and I'm thinking, well, what can I do that's not like everybody else's? And that's what I'm shooting for. Well, and the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter because the more, so <clears throat> I just recently finished the Orchard Audio build, which a lot of you guys watch. It's doing really well. So I really appreciate everyone that watched that. That's a cool video too. I, I get, so a lot of people ask all the time, like, hey, are you getting commission off of these sales? I'm not. Nothing off Orchard Audio. I, I just really like the product. I'm not affiliated with him. Now, having said that, that particular build, he sent me the actual test measurements of that amplifier, of each module. And each module, they, they tested just a little differently, obviously, because there's going to be a little tolerance there, but nothing within unaudible range. And that's what's really cool. So I have those test versions to say, hey, this is what you're hearing and this is why it sounds so good. And I think like even when you're doing amp dynos, just because one person tested really good doesn't mean you're going to get a consistent test the next time. Like you test it, it might be completely different. And I like the fact that you add at the end, like what you're really getting when you're like playing music. And, and what you'll see from that is that, I don't know, I kind of feel like the whole amp dyno thing, we, we, we take it too seriously. We, we, we really should be thinking about what's this amp going to be doing in a car on music, in your home on music. And you know, no one, no one listens to a resistor. <laughs> That's correct. I mean, it, literally, resistor, literally no one listens to it. Literally. I mean, the resistor is great because it gives you a, an unbiased, like scientific measurement. Right. You know, it's kind of like, what can the amp do, you know, if it were to crank it all the power it possibly can. And but, get exactly a four ohm load. And, and you're never going to have a four ohm load except at one or two magic points in the frequency spread. You're going to have uh, impedance rise. I have a commenter on my channel who gets bent out of shape when I say box rise. Uh, he always has to jump in and go, oh, just, I'm calling it that. So impedance rise. And of course, there's the power factor, too. So, uh, you know, what's it actually going to do? You know, how, you know. Your amp does double my power, but they did the same power on the sub. That's the kind of thing I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think it's good. I think it's done a lot different than what other people do. And I know even Zarbo Audio Projects and me talked about it in the background, and he's he was a big fan of how you did it as well. So I think you got a lot of people enjoying that. Yep, we'll see how it goes. If I if more people if you know if 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 the audience likes it and watches it, then I'll keep making them. But I'll experiment with it. I've got um, I've got two more amps laying around that I want to test just for my own curiosity, and then one more that I want to buy because it's cheap and I wonder if it does anything at all near rated to power. Uh, but beyond that, if those if they don't see some traction with views, if people don't watch them, I'm going to assume no one wants to, and I'm going to move away from them for a little bit. No, I understand that. Um, that's, that's, uh, you know, I recently found my niche and I, I now know where it is. Uh, people got a little, you know, you'll never make everyone happy. People are just silly. The Orchard Audio amplifier is a hi-fi amplifier, so it's expensive. It's not cheap. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything bad because I have an SMSL right here that I love. Nothing wrong with it. Does Orchard Audio sound better? Significantly. Does that mean I hate my SMSL? No, I love my SMSL. It's great. And for what I paid for it, it's awesome. 
I would rather save a thousand dollars though. If I want the orchard audio, I would rather save over a thousand plus dollars by building it though, because right. I know what's into it. I know how to fix it. If anything goes wrong with it, you know, and I know what wiring and cabling and connectors and everything I use. So I know typically what quality is in there. So for me, I would rather just save the money, build it to my specifications and be done with it. That's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to want to spend that much money on an amplifier. And I get that. Don't do the ice power or do an SMSL. You know, one of those, you'll be happy. Well, and I think this is, this is a good place to kind of wrap that up. That thought, um, this is the budget base box, black spray paint, um, minimum wax poly shades on the front, $25 subwoofer. I love that it was a fun project to make. Um, you know, it's a $5 terminal cup and a $25 subwoofer, right? And the spot where you save money by doing DIY, it's not by making something with that little PS95, which is a great driver. And I like, I like listening to it and, you know, had some fun with the projects. You save your money when you take an amplifier that's going to cost you three or $4,000 to buy and then build it. Yeah. And, and save a pile of money or you take those badass speakers you've been building that you might even be able to buy if you could afford them and and build it. And that's where that's the sweet spot with DIY audio. It's making something that you couldn't make without, um, you know, for a lower price than you, than you could without just buying it. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And so I'm going to I'm going to mention one of the things I'm going to be testing out because, you know what, I I didn't mention it, but I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to try to test this out as soon as I get it to get it out to you guys. We were talking about amplifiers the other day, right? And that was just what, like two videos ago or something. We were talking about amplifiers. I got coming in tomorrow, supposedly, you know, if tracking stays the same, I got coming in the new APA 1200 DSP by Dayton Audio, which is a 1200 watt DSP that hooks up a microphone to it. You can bring it back to your listening position and it will automatically DSP your subwoofer for you. And so I'm really excited about that. I'm going to hook it up to the MX-15. I'm going to look at the before response before we uh, DSP it because your room is really dependent on what's going to happen with that. It's not necessarily the anechoic response. Right. And then we're going to hook up this DSP and see how it does. I'll test it with the Omni mic afterwards. Is it worth the price? Because it's an expensive amplifier. It's about $600. But if it does a great job DSPing your system, dude, it is going to be so worth it. All right. Um, you know, what? I'm going to answer this one question. Uh, no, I have no intention of ever doing a DIY car amp. Um, <laughs> well, actually you, you could, I mean, you could take one of these 12 volt amps and just hook it up. I mean, it'd be that easy. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Just take one of the new Dayton audio DSP ones and hook it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would, that would be the easy way to do it. But, uh, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I, building amplifiers isn't fun for me, so I don't like doing it unless unless Parts Express sends me all the parts. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah, of course. I, you know, I, I, I don't see the value in doing a car amplifier one personally. I just, I don't. Maybe there is, but there's so many. I feel like for the majority of part, car audio is about one thing and one thing only, and that's just as much power as you can get out of it. Um. Right. And that's why there's so many amp dynos, right? It's because people want to know, do I get the power out when I would much rather care about, do I get very clean and efficient power? Like, can I keep my THD below, you know, 0.1%, you know, and still get 500 Watts or am I good in 500 Watts and 
you know, ninety percent of everything after fifty watts is one percent or ten percent distortion or whatever. All right, Nick, we've gone over by about twenty minutes. Do you have any last Holy words? Cow. No, I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I'm going to hit in broadcast. Thank you all for hanging out in the chat. We sure appreciate y'all dropping by. looks like we have 35 at the moment watching. So to those 35, thanks for dropping by. I'm Justin, the DIY audio guy, and I am out. Asta.